Our podcast series is sponsored by Amicus Search and Recruitment, specialists in tax, accountancy and finance recruitment. You can check them out at amicus.ie or call them on 01-234-3196 and speak with one of their specialist consultants. Are we going to buy the shares of a business or are we going to buy the underlying assets of a business? An area, again, very examinable across all the professional accountancy tax exams. Let's go. So there's a few different taxes that we need to consider if we are deciding whether we are going to buy the shares of a business or whether we are going to buy the underlying assets of that business. And the first area we need to consider is stamp duty. Generally, stamp duty on shares is 1%. Generally, stamp duty on the underlying assets is 7.5%. However, If the shares derive their greater value from land and buildings, well, then the stamp duty liability is 7.5%. And when you're looking at the underlying assets, if you're considering buying them instead of shares, well, some assets can pass by delivery. So, for example, um, so your stamp duty is payable on your non-current assets, and on some of your current assets. So stamp duty is payable, which a lot of people don't realize actually, it's payable on your inventory and receivables if you're going to buy them. There is no stamp duty on cash. However, there's a thing called pass by delivery. And the assets that qualify for that are your plant machinery and your inventory. And both of them, and pass by delivery. In other words, there will be no stamp duty attached to them. However, you can't evidence their transfer in writing. Now, normally in an exam question, whoever is buying the, considering buying the shares or buying the underlying assets, they're probably not looking at your current assets. They're probably just looking at your non-current assets. But just bear that in mind about the pass by delivery rule. It applies to plant machinery, which is a non-current asset, as you know, and to inventory. Now, the next tax we need to consider is not so much a tax, but a latent gain. So if I buy the shares of a business, I am buying the statement of financial position. I own that now. And the non-current assets I'm taking on, that they don't change. So the company, let's say it's ABC Limited, and I'm buying the shares of ABC Limited. So ABC Limited bought the building 20 years ago, and they bought it for 50,000. And it's still in the account, hasn't been revalued, it's still in the accounts at 50,000. Now, that is a latent, there's a latent gain there. Because when the company, ABC Limited, let's say they decide to sell that building, well, then it'll be the the disposal proceeds 
And let's say that's five million now, less the cost. And what did they buy it for? They bought it for 50,000. So there's a huge gain there. That's called a latent gain. Now, that's only an issue if the company is ever going to sell the asset. Now, what's the story if I actually, instead of buying the shares, but instead I buy the underlying assets, and I buy that particular building, and I buy it at the value, which is 5 million, and let's say I was to sell that, well, then it would be my disposal proceeds, which would be around in about the 5 million, if I sell it very quickly, less the cost, which will be 5 million. So you see, there isn't much of a chargeable gain there. So when you take on, when you buy shares, you're taking on, you're taking on the original cost and date of acquisition of all of those lovely non-current assets that are in the statement of financial position. So that if the company decides they're going to sell, dispose of any of those assets, well, then there is a gain. So that is called a latent gain. It is only an issue, of course, if they are actually going to sell the assets. The other area is losses. So let's say uh, there's a company, uh, let's say it's ABC Limited again. And let's say I am thinking of buying the shares in a loss-making business. Now, if it is a loss-making business, and let's say I am, when I say I, I am a holding company. I'm, a, I'm another limited company. Do I have use of those losses? If I, Yes, I do, as long as I have 75% of the shares. Absolutely. I would have use of current year losses. If, on the other hand, I decide to buy the underlying assets. Well, the losses don't come with the assets, do they? The losses belong to the company, not to those assets. So therefore, there's nothing there for me. What about brought forward losses? So let's say I was to buy the shares in ABC Limited, and I am another limited company. Can ABC Limited continue to carry forward its losses, do you think? Remember there's a rule about a change in ownership, section 401, if you like your section numbers. And the rule is that if a company has become dormant and then over a few years, it's considered, there's a change in ownership and it's considerably revived as a result of the change in ownership, those losses, cannot be carried forward by that company. And similarly, is there was a change, a significant change in the nature of trade. Again, it may well be denied the carry forward of those losses. So just funny little rules to look out for. If it's a loss-making company, you might think, fantastic, happy days. I have access to all of these losses. Not always the case. However, current year losses will be available. So what do I mean by current year losses? I mean, I mean uh, they, if I buy their shares, let's say at the end of this year, and then next year they make a loss, well, then they can surrender that loss to me as long as they can't use it themselves. And then finally, 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 we need to consider non-tax considerations. 
Now, in the ACC exam, it's not all for, for advanced tax. It's not all about the tax. We need to have commercial acumen. And for that, we need to know about non-tax uh, considerations. And what I would say is that sometimes there are hidden liabilities in a company. So if you're considering buying shares in a company, well, all the hidden liabilities come with you, come with that purchase. For example, let's say there is an impending audit, revenue audit, or indeed an investigation. So revenue have decided they're going to do a big investigation into the company. And if you buy the shares, you're taking on that headache. Let's say there's an unfair dismissal case by an employee. Again, oh my God, you're taking on that headache. What about, um, so I better not catastrophize anymore, but what about if it is you're buying the building, you're buying the underlying assets? Well, that's okay. You don't care if the company, uh, there's nothing to do with you. That illegal entity has nothing to do with you if there is an impending audit or whatnot. So that is a non-tax consideration. Okay, so just to recap, if you're asked whether you should purchase, advise whether somebody should purchase shares or whether they should purchase the underlying assets of a business. Okay. For your analysis and evaluation, Max, you need to very clearly compare, right, the stand duty is, is this amount for each purchase and quantify it. You need to talk about the latent gains. And again, you can quantify that also. Now, that will only be relevant if you're buying the shares. How do you quantify that? How you quantify that is, you'll say, right, if I buy those shares today, and if I was to sell, if the company was to sell those assets tomorrow, they would get X amount for, the, not for this building, X amount for that building. So you quantify the disposal proceeds or the market value less the cost, the original cost to the limited company and multiply by the effective corporation tax rate of 33%. That is your potential latent gain and the amount that it would cost. Look out for losses. Not every exam question has losses, but just know that if you're buying the shares of a business, potentially those losses will become available to you. But sometimes they don't because of section 401. And then, of course, you have your non-tax consideration. I always mention that. So this podcast was brought to you by the fabulous people at Amicus Search and Recruitment, specialists in tax, accountancy and finance recruitment.